Hey everyone, it's been a minute since I've released a podcast episode, but today as I took a walk, I listened to one that was recorded on July 8, 2007, and I decided to entitle it Learning to Love, and I remembered that I needed to give a little grace to myself and release this great sermon where Dad really teaches us a lesson on love and share stories from other people that we can learn from. So I hope you're able to listen to this one and wherever you are today that you're giving yourself some grace and you're willing to learn to love. Thanks for listening. Lord, I do want to be a Christian, but Dan Gummit, I got to live in a world where other people live. I've got to put up with other people, I've got to interact with other people, and sometimes I have to downright just love other people as God loved me. The men were hurriedly trying to make it to their plane after a week-long business meeting in another city. Ken himself had been without his wife and his children for a while, and he was frustrated and overwhelmed and was ready to get home. And any of y'all that's flown, and since we've flown recently, it is stressful just knowing you got to go to the airport. Nevertheless, you might just miss your flight. They were hurrying, knowing they were running late, and as they ran by this courtyard outside the airport, there were several vendors, one of which was a little girl that had apples for sale in baskets, and the men ran by and knocked down her cart. They all stopped and apologized, but they knew they were late, and they kept running and barely got to the gate when the flight attendant said, you all almost missed your flight. Hurry, show me your boarding passes. When Ken got the Spirit, he wanted to be a Christian. He wanted to make sure that his acts of kindness mattered more than his own needs. He turned to a buddy and he said, Will you tell my wife at the airport that I'll be in late? He walked back there to the courtyard outside the airport, and there were the apples all over the place as this little girl that was blind, Hispanic, and alone began to try to gather her apples together. Ken started helping her, and he would quickly remove the ones that they had stepped on and had knocked around and put the nice ones in the basket before he realized they had damaged a lot of her merchandise. So he looked at her very generously and he said, here is $40 to take care of what we did. We are so sorry. And in these simple words, she changed Ken's life. Gracias, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When was the last time someone mistook something you did for something Jesus would do? This has been an email and an internet story that has gone around for years, but a good friend this week sent it back to me, and she said, Mark, you just might want to use this. And I looked at the words and the understanding, thank you, Jesus, and I thought, when was the last time someone looked at one of our lives and just said, thank you, Jesus? Because we saw Jesus in someone else. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with the question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of these? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 
all the laws and the prophets hang on two simple commandments that in all that we do, we are to love the Lord our God. And if we do so, love others as much as we know God loves us and we should love ourselves. Everything hangs on that. That's pretty amazing because it means all of life, all of eternity, hangs on us learning to love each other. On us being like kin and knowing that in spite of all that we may need or want, someone else's needs and wants matter more. For the last two weeks, I haven't warned you, but I've given you a sermon series Something I don't do because a lot of times I'm not writing until Saturday night. So how can you do a series when you're writing at 11 o'clock at night? But all three Sundays, this one being the last, I have talked about these commandments. The commandments that he gives unto us is that all we are to love one another as much as God has loved us and to seek daily to love him with our whole being. Everything in the Gospels Everything in all the epistles, all the writings of the New as well as the Old Testament center around what God commanded us both from the mountain high as Moses came down to the valley in which the church began to struggle to be the church. That we are just to love. That's all we are called to do. Does it say anywhere in there we are to judge? No, it doesn't. Does it say anywhere in there we are to condemn? And no, it doesn't. Does it say anywhere in there that we are to tell people how to dress at church or how to act at church or how to be? It doesn't. It says that we are to love as we have been loved. It is amazing that we get caught into so much else when all we are asked to do is to love God wholly and to seek to love one another. It's an amazing lesson that these two principles are all that we are told to get right. Isn't that wonderful? Anyone that's been in school, you're given a syllabus of so much more that you got to do. In church, all we're asking you to do is two things. And they are the greatest of these. Hal Tuzin knew that. The other day I was watching the Today Show, and on the Today Show they had a little thing called Great People. And it said, The Poorest Richest Man. So I was very interested in watching this. This man is 73 years old, lives in Pennsylvania, and was once a five millionaire, meaning he had five million dollars, and he gave it all away. And he continues today to give it all away. He owns this tourist company that takes people over to Europe, and every time he makes a profit, he gives it away. He rides a bicycle because many years ago he gave his car away. He saw a man that was trying to get his family somewhere that needed a car, and so he just gave him his car. And from that point on, he thought a bicycle will work, and so he has nothing but a bicycle. He lives in the same home he started all his journey with his wife in, this small, little, simple home. And he opened the door, and he was telling the gentleman as he pulled out one suit. Now, this is a businessman that owns a company, pulled out one suit, and they said, all you have is one suit? And he said, can you wear two? Can you wear two? Well, of course you can't. So he has his one business suit that he wears to work, and in all other times, he wears basically jeans and a nice shirt. See, the way he learned early in life was he said, the test of a good man 
is the good that he does. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? The test of a good man is the good that they do. Gracias, Jesus. Each and every time someone sees Jesus in you, that's the test of who you are. And that's the explanation of who we are to be. Hal is an amazing man because he has changed people's lives forever. For the, ten, the continuance of the report was all the people's lives that he has touched because he has funded programs that no one else would fund. That he has helped people that no one else would help. They interviewed his children, and they said, aren't you a little upset that your dad has given all your heritage away? That you'll have nothing when he dies? And the oldest daughter said, I'll have everything, for my dad has taught me how to truly live. We need to be about teaching this world how to truly live. We need to stop just living how we think we should live and getting caught up into all that the world tells us we should live for and remind ourselves of these simple lessons. To love the Lord with all and to love your neighbor with all you have. Every song we have sang today has talked of God's love and how sweet that melody should be in our life and how we should seek to do that in all our relationships and with everyone. And we think that this gospel gets old, but it never does. We just do. The gospel continues to be strong and true, and if it is touching your life, then you are touching others' lives. If it is changing you, then you are changing others. If you are truly living as He's called you to live, then you are showing others how to live as God has called you to live. The amazing lesson that God has laid before you is to love. To simply love. To love when you're happy. To love when you're sad. To love when you're hurt. To love when you're mad. To love no matter what others are doing and love even when others are doing it better. That's the church. And that's Christ's message. We're walking in New York, and you know how crazy the streets get. There are lights that tell you when to stop and go, and they remind you how much time. And, and even as you're going, you watch all these people right out in the middle of traffic just take off across these streets. And you sort of get caught into the madness of going with everyone. And, and it's amazing. Everyone will be going real fast, and then everyone just stops. And taxis come by honking and yelling, and then they stop, and ever the traffic just keeps moving. Well, one day we were moving down one of those streets and we were tired and we were caught into the madness and when all of a sudden the traffic was moving and we were moving and we heard all these cabs honking. And when we stopped, I looked and I saw two girls knelt down with another girl picking up money as a young man was trying to stop them. And so Linda and I, we knelt down too right next to those two girls. Taylor and Brendan had seen the bag of money ripped apart. And change went everywhere in the midst of that busy rush hour traffic. And their first instinct wasn't, oh, there's cars coming. It was help this young girl. And mom and dad's first instinct was, we need to keep moving. But how can you not stop and kneel down? I love it in stories when we're not the Jesus, but someone else we know is. As Liz has said today, that when youth finally look outside a window of their world and look into the window of someone else's and sees their need over their own. When two young people in the midst of a busy life stop to see their wants and their desires and they look to see what someone else wants and needs. 
The other day, I heard about one of our children that has been so faithful in her giving that she almost gets angry when she's not here on a Sunday so that she can give her tithe. How many of you worry about that when you're not here? That is love. That is acts of kindness that are teaching people forever. And God is saying, as you said, Bob, the lesson is to be learned today. But you have to decide to learn it. As an invitation today, I want you to do something. The Croaks left us two beautiful arrangements. I know you're going to sit here and say, Mark, what are you going to have us do to that? They are fresh flowers. That if they lay or stay like this all week, they'll just wither and they'll die. But if each of you will come by and take one of them out of the vase, now if you take them all, guess what? Second service is going to be really mad that they didn't get to do this. So take as many as you want and go to someone today, whether they're someone here in the church or someone outside, and take them a rose. I don't even know. Thank you, Ralph. (laughs) Whatever flower it is, take it and offer it to someone and just simply say the words. You don't have to go into grave detail. Just say, I want to tell you God loves you because someone else reminded me of God's love today. And that really is the message. That's what God gave me, and I hope you got, and I hope you'll give it to someone else. Let us pray. Lord God, may the message not be words spoken, but may they be lives lived. May the message not be something we hear, but something we live. May your love truly be something, Lord, that is being seen in each and every act of kindness that we perform. And in all this, God will be glorified forever and ever. Amen.